Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, welcome back once again. Again, I always appreciate you being here. I work hard to bring you resources that can really uh, help you hopefully with your child getting some natural solutions and giving you more education about what might be going on and causing these underlying the, the symptoms. And we're about working with those causes, those underlying root causes. And today's episode, as I feel all of my episodes are, and I hope you do too, is very, very important. This one is something that uh, is really one of the most staples. So um, pay close attention. Um, know also that um, we can work with these naturally and safely, but today's episode is about viruses and their association with the symptoms of autism. This is podcast episode number 186, and the show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 186. And um, those show notes will also link to some of the studies that I will be noting in today's episode as well. So it's important to know that there are many, many different types of viruses. Uh, enteroviruses are a type of vir virus species, um, it's called a serotype, that actually has 
a particular structural makeup, yet they they vary differently. Then there are uh, there are there's Epstein Barr virus, and there are retroviruses, and I'm going to cover all of these types of things today because they're associated with the symptoms of autism. And these symptoms, which you'll be, I think, in in, in very interested in knowing, are very implicated in studies to have direct association with ability to affect a person's speech and language issues, their ability to think and focus clearly in cognition, brain function, and very, very uh, connected with immune and autoimmune issues. And we know that some of the co-infections, if you've been following me for a while, know that some of the co-infections we've talked about have all these connections with all of these things as well. So we want to work with everything. And I'm gonna go into a little bit more depth or a lot more depth for you here about this because I do want you to understand um, the, the specifics for each and how they are associated with the symptoms of autism and how working with these can help your child with some of these things that I mentioned, these symptoms, because that's what symptoms are. They are just an uh, out, outside what we see symptom of an underlying internal root cause, toxins, co-infections, including these viruses, are very, very much important to treat and everything has to be worked with properly. And um, that's what I always do in my programs and I invite you into them because I can help you through all this. I don't want you to just feel like I give you a lot of great information, but but how do you get help? I am here to help you. Right on my website, you'll notice the you know things. The, there are ways to join my membership and other things that I offer you, as well as free live upcoming uh, uh, virtual events as well. So make sure that you stay tuned in for all of these. Now, viruses and autoimmunity, I want to touch on first. Viruses can adversely affect the immune system either by suppressing its function or causing it to mistakenly attack the cells and tissues of the own body. So that means it starts attacking its own body. So if you've got a virus in your body, it can then start attacking its, uh, cause your, your immune system to start attacking itself. And these are what we know as, know as autoimmune issues. And they're also, um, harmful effects of overstimulating the immune system. And as I've noted in past episodes, hopefully you've listened to, that there are, we never want to boost the immune system in a child of a child with autism, especially under the age of 18 or 18 to 20, which means pre-puberty uh, or pre-finishing puberty. And then also after puberty, we don't want to boost anything unless these infections have been worked with as well, because we don't want to throw our child or our adult child or ourselves into an autoimmune issue. Uh, the brain's immune system contains protective cells called microglia. I'm going to get a little sciencey here for you just for a minute, because it helps to, it, with your understanding, and I never under, underestimate your intelligence, and I know that you can understand this, but it, it does help some with some understanding. So these cells regulate brain development and maintenance of neuronal networks. So basically the networks of the brain, right? And injury repair as well. Viruses can in, be active in the body for years and multiple, multiple years. They can keep being active and continuing that overactivity of the immune system. 
when stimulated by a foreign substance, a toxin, environmental toxin, a viral uh, input, we'll, we'll say, uh, a, um, any type of you know, uh, injury or exposure to things like that, these microglia secrete chemicals, including what we know one of them is glutamate, preparing, for, preparing the body for an immune attack. So it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do, but it becomes overactive. This can get triggered in a sort of on position and it stays activated, spreading these chemicals and leading to an immune issue. Multiple sy systems of the body and the organs can all be damaged. For example, the cells of the liver are highly susceptible as well as the respiratory system. And we know children with autism have liver congestion. The liver is the organ of detoxification and it gets backed up with all of the toxic load and the infections and inflammation, everything that's going on in the body, the liver's trying to process it. So that's why our children have trouble with detoxification. So again, always needing to support that first, those detox pathways. Um, I'd like to also mention that glutamate, which I mentioned, you know, we're commonly know uh, monosodium glutamate, of course, need to absolutely avoid monosodium glutamate in any food. It can be a big trigger, a trigger for excitotoxicity, which means that it actually excites brain cells to death and kills them, creates a lot of anger issues, but it also is implicated in seizures. Now you can see possibly a connection with the uh, glutamate uh, load from these viruses and possibly implicating a seizure attack. So it uh, needs to be also observed as a factor for them anyway. In some of these podcast episodes, we've discussed many co-infections of autism, such as mold biotoxins, which is also referred to as chronic inflammatory response syndrome. You'll see that CIRS is implicated. Uh, it, and it's all factors come from inflammation and damage done by the toxins and the microbes in the body. So all of these things have to be worked with. So mold biotoxins, it's important to note, affect multiple systems of the body, many, many systems of the body, including the endocrine system and endocrine regulation. So it really can affect your hormones and cause hormonal issues. Additional co-infections of autism include Lyme disease, parasites, and PANS. Now, PANS is an acronym for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. Now, viruses can also cause the immune system to attack the brain. And this is what PANS is. PANS is when the immune system gets overactive, becomes autoimmune, and it begins attacking the brain. And so we never want to boost again the immune system of a child with autism that hasn't had their infections properly treated. And it's why it's so important to be working and supporting those detox pathways before we go in and start fighting microbes and viruses, right? Common symptoms of PANS is an immediate onset of obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. They'll have clinginess and fearfulness, anxiety, and increased stimming and increased, uh, often you'll see ticks, uh, whether they're motor or vocal ticks. And I'm going to link to a study that shows a nationwide population-based study uh, on the association of tick disorders and enterovirus infections. I thought that would be very interesting. You can see this 
connection with PANS, connection with being an autoimmune issue, connection with viruses affecting both, and also how that can lead to tick disorders in this study that again, I'll link to in the show notes that is implicated in tick disorders. Lyme disease again should be treated before working with viruses because Lyme is immunosuppressant. Again, as we noted, and we work with these underlying root causes and additional toxins and infections, and we'll naturally be strengthening, strengthening the immune system as we do this. So our efforts in treating viruses will be much more effective. Okay, there is a sequential order to doing things, and I have a four-stage frame rip work to help you with all of this, but just know that these are important factors. There are many types of Lyme and also many types of viruses, and they can cause different health-related neurodevelopmental issues. Enteroviruses, again, are a class of viruses comprising over 300 structural similarities. All living organisms reproduce, so we must treat all of them. And this can take many years to work with all of these things, but that's okay. This is where patience is key as long as you're on the right path and you're doing the right program. And that's why I want to help you so much because you want to have the most effective work because you're spending all of your time and all of your resources on it. The immune system plays a vital role in brain development and a weak immune system can impact brain function, especially cognition and ability to think. Inflammation is always a very, very strong factor in everything that we work with for children with autism, whether it's toxins, co-infections of all of these. Uh, it's very, very important to note that the underlying issues commonly triggered from inflammation, which is the body's reactive uh, mechanism to say, hey, I'm fighting these foreign things that I see inside of me like I'm supposed to. The problem is when these things keep going on and on, and then the immune system keeps trying to fight things and can, can get worn out, and it can also then reverse and then start affecting the attacking its own body. So by reducing inflammation and working with all of these underlying root causes, of course, we are working to regain health. Remember the de definition of recovery is to regain health. Now, what we want to do is help our children to regain their health. So their symptoms that they live with that make life uncomfortable can be reduced or even eliminated and they can live a much higher quality of life. This is what it's all about. Viruses and speech. To give some perspective, meninges are the protective layer that surrounds the brain and spinal cord. So infectious agents such as viruses, bacteria, parasites, and fungi can affect the meninges and the brain and trigger difficulties with language function. And I will be linking to studies that associate with this. And I'll be mentioning a little bit about one of them here as well, because in other words, viruses are a big component of damage to the language and speech branches of the brain and working with them can help with speech. One study titled The Association Between Enterovirus Infection and Speech and Language Impairments, a nationwide population-based study which observed 39,669 cases of individuals over 
under the age of 13 with a newly diagnosed enterovirus infection in a 13-year study showed that the eligible cases were assessed during the study period for incident of speech and language impairment. Cox regression analysis were applied adjusting for sex, age, and other physical and mental problems. The results in the fully adjusted Cox regression model EV, enterovirus, EV infections were positively associated with language impairment in 95% of the people in the study. Conclusion, EV infection is temporarily, temporarily, that's a part of the brain, associated with speech and language impairment. These findings herein provide rationale for educating families that enterovirus infection may be associated with speech and language problems in susceptible indi individuals and that monitoring for such presentation would be warranted. Additionally noted in the study was that EV, enteroviruses, are medically important human pathogens and associated with select neuropsychiatric diseases. Nonwithstanding, relatively few reports have mentioned the effects of EV infection on speech and language problems. The study used a nationwide longitudinal, longitudinal database and identified that children with EV infection have a greater risk for speech and language impairments as compared with a control group. Infected children combined with other comorbidities, these are the co-infections and things we work with, or risk factors might have greater possibility to develop speech problems. Clinicians should be vigilant for the onset of language develop, development abnormalities of preschool children with enterovirus infections. Now, this is all quite interesting and important to, to know um, for, for our kids. And it's also noted that a lot of these issues can come, uh, they, we can, they can catch them in utero if mom happens to have an enterovirus or a continuing retrovirus, which we're going to also talk about, as well as things that we can catch in our external environment today. <clears throat> the brain and immune system are not fully developed in fetuses and young infants, so they are at really high risk of viral-induced brain damage. And a different but related study noted that some viruses, such as rubella, may have an effect on the fetus impairing brain function and causing autism. And I will link to these studies again in the show notes. One more additional study tells us rubella is a well-known RNA virus that can cause various congenital malformations when contracted, especially during the first trimester of pregnancy Intellectual disabilities, including autism, are common among children with congenital rubella infection. The autism rate is 200 times in these children than in the general population, reaching a rate of 8 to 13% of children with congenital rubella syndrome. And I will link to that study for you as well. Rubella is a contagious viral infection best known at, by its really distinctive, it's really kind of a spotty type rash all over the body. And it also will uh, commonly give a 
uh, swollen lymph node in the neck. You might even see like a big bump in the neck, even in an infant, a small child, um, you see a big bump. And that can be an indication as well. Um, it's no, it also is referred to as German measles. It's another name for rubella or three day measles. So the infection can cause really mild symptoms uh, or even no symptoms in a lot of people. Acute rubella infection induces mild liver dysfunction, which I think is important to note again, because children with autism have a congested liver, but they also have a lot of toxins, which congest the liver, but it all has to do with these detox pathways being affected. So again, we're looking at all of these multiple underlying root causes, right? It's never just one thing with autism or with really anything. It's multiple things that cause the domino effect of all of these other issues in the body. So again, uh, associated with mild liver dysfunction, uh, uh, altering the liver metabolism of vitamin A with the spilling of the stored vitamin A complexes into the circulation, resulting in endogenous type of hypervitaminosis A. This is a condition that occurs when a person has too much vitamin A in their body. Now in utero, this can lead to causing mitochondrial damage. It's why I wanted to note this particular study because um, mitochondria damage and mitochondrial issues are very, very common in children with autism. And um, they have a lot to do with our energy levels, with our detox pathways again, uh, so many things. And so all, I've, I've done a study or I've done an episode, a podcast episode in the past on mitochondria. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well for you to get further information. Uh, also, these lead to DNA alteration and cell destruction, leading to abnormal growth and development, inducing autism development. And again, I am talking about uh, noted a noted study that I will be linking to in the show notes. Children with autism should be screened for possible signs of congenital rubella infections. So again, there's no definite cause, one definite cause or singular cause of autism. It can be multiple factors, several factors play together to increase the risk of developmental autism, including genetics, epigenetics, which I've also, I will link to a show that I did with Dr. Bruce Lipton in the past, who is sort of the king of epigenetics and how epigenetics means how our genes are affected by an external situation. It can be an injury, but it's very commonly from environmental toxicity and environmental factors. Uh, so I will link to that in the show notes for you as well. So you can listen to that, uh, that interview that I did with Dr. Lipton. Uh, these environmental factors may work in a combination, work in combination to affect the brain during the crucial phases of early development. So we know good nutrition is essential in preventing viral infection. Sugars exacerbate viruses because they also cause a lot more inflammation and weaken the immune system. Viruses damage the language branches of the brain, which we talked about in speech issues. First, again, you want to treat the toxic load and the co-infections, especially Lyme. And uh, also vitamin D3 is something that's important to note is a very, very good uh, a viral fighter, us, uh, a natural one. Uh, we don't want to put more viruses into the body through other means. Uh, and, uh, you know, we want to be able to keep the body healthy. So by working with stabilizing the immune system, 
making sure they're on the right healthy diet. And I will link to the, the, the diet that, uh, you know, the top seven foods to avoid to begin this process. If you're not already, if you don't already have my food guide, just to at least begin the process of it. Um, because that's kind of the first where area to start. So I try to keep it simple with that quick food guide. There's of course a lot more to diet and a lot more to working with the co-infections, but I think that diet is so important to start there. And then vitamin D3, D as in dog, and D3 is the most bioabsorbable form of vitamin D. And you want to make sure that you uh, have adequate levels of it in your body to help your body fight viruses naturally. Uh, far infrared sauna is an all linked to one in the show notes that uh, I personally own myself and are very uh, easy to put up and they uh, don't affect the electromagnetic field of the body, which is important too. Uh, or don't cause any electromagnetic harm and they're small so they can be gut fit in any part of a house. So this one in particular, but uh, far infrared saunas are great for assisting with detoxification, but it's also good to note that viruses hate heat. So um, it helps to um, make the viruses very unhappy in our host body and we can help to fight them along the way with everything else that we do. Again, it all needs to be done at the right dosage for long enough. People get this impatient and think, well, it's not working. <laughs> and, you know, this can take many, many months. And, you know, and then the whole piece for autism recovery to best results can take multiple, multiple years. That's okay. You're doing it anyway, and you have to do it, right? For your child's welfare, you're a committed parent. But in order to do it, you want to make sure that you're covering all of the pieces, these, the, the supporting those detox pathways and healing the gut, the right diet, all the right detox support supplements, which I have researched for over 17 years to weed out all the bad and give you the good. So I'm glad and happy to help you with this uh, in this process. Again, I'm here to help you. But remembering that and also these co-infections, many of them are antibiotic resistant and a lot of people other places are giving you antibiotics and don't know how to work with these properly. And so if you're out there spending your time and your resources, time and money on these things, I want to make sure you're on the right path, the right natural and safe products that are safe, but also effective. Antibiotics, again, don't work on viruses. Viruses are an intricate web and there are many different ones. As mentioned, as I mentioned prior, prior that enteroviruses are one class of viruses comprising over 300 stereotypes. So it would be ridiculous to think that you you could, you know, fight one singular type of virus and think you've covered it all. All living organisms reproduce. So we have to treat everything and this takes time, but it is absolutely worth it. Now, I want to uh, uh, go into a little bit of just briefly two other types of viruses that are uh, very commonly uh, implicated with autism and, and a lot not really thought about so much. One of them is Epstein-Barr virus. Now, I always in the past, before I did my research, you know, associated Epstein-Barr with, you know, moms who are really worn out. You see that a lot of the times, but it also is referred to as mononucleosis. So they're, you know, this is where they're, you know, they're they're coming together with kind of what's going on. Epstein-Barr is the most common cause of infectious uh, 
mononucleosis, but other viruses can also cause this disease. Again, it's never just one thing, right? I wish it were, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it, you know, at least we know these complex things, if we know how to work with them properly, we can take care of them. Uh, this is Epstein-Barr is linked to autoimmune issues of which again, we talked about PANS earlier, an autoimmune issue and very, very common in children with autism and commonly triggers, uh, common triggers of this also include stress, a weak immune system and hormonal changes such as puberty, menopause, and also noting that mold biotoxins create problems with hormonal systems in the body as well. So what are the symptoms? Some symptoms of Epstein-Barr to look for are extreme fatigue, fever, a sore throat, head and body aches, swollen lip nose, like, like the other viruses, right? This is very common in the neck and even in the armpit areas, because those are common areas. That's Those are two of the main lymph areas. Um, also with a groin is another one. Uh, or a rash, rashes, so to look for rashes as well. Another thing that is very important to note are retroviruses. A retrovirus is a virus that uses RNA as a genome material to adhere to it. So it needs to come in and grab on to your own, the host body's RNA on a cell. Now the cell converts this RNA to DNA and then it inserts it into the host cell. Once it's in the host cell, in the cell, then it produces more of this retrovirus and continues to affect other cells. So this is very much um, contributing to diseases of immunodeficiencies, cancers, neurologic disorders, bone and joint issues, and anemia. Retroviruses can be lifelong if not treated properly, and they are very hard to treat if you don't know how to do it correctly. Once integrated, the virus can then use the host cell's components to make additional viral, viral particles, basically meaning that they continue to replicate and increase cause, increasing this problem and causing it further and further problems. So again, we're looking at all of these symptoms that we know for children with autism, commonly many autoimmune issues, speech issues, neurodevelopmental, uh, including problems with um, being able cognitive function and being able to think clearly, as well as many of the other things that I mentioned here today. So they're all very, very important to work with and work with properly. Uh, I will be also giving a live event soon. So make sure in the show notes that you see uh, that uh, the link for that, and you can also, and then I'll, I'll be going through all of these things and how I can work with you if you'd like help through this process, because I know it's very intricate and I know that you do need help. I've lived this process myself and I now have 17 years of autism research and my son has recovered when I was told it wasn't possible. We know every child's level of recovery is absolutely different, but we also know that every child can live a better life. We can reduce these symptoms that cause them to live unhappily and unhealthy and can help them live better qualities of life because many, many of these kids have that opportunity if things are done properly so we can reduce those symptoms or sometimes even remove them. But the goal is to help them lead, lead a much more fulfilling life 
and to be able to live to their full potential. And we don't know what that is until we are proper, we have properly worked with it. So be sure to get my free food guide. The direct link is autismcheatsheet.com, which is easy, but I will also link to it in the show notes. And note that I will be having a upcoming live free virtual event coming up very soon. Please make sure you register for it and you're there so I can walk you through all of this. And again, how I can support you in this process because I'm here to help you and help our community in whatever way I can so that you can get your child better and that you have the support that you need on this journey. Because I know how important it is as a parent of a child with autism, I am also one of those parents to have that support because it can be very challenging and having support can make all the difference for you. I hope this has been helpful for you. Again, thank you so much for being here. Um, please share this with others in need. And uh, and uh, again, I'm always uh, looking forward to helping you as much as I can. And I uh, hope these resources, this, this free resource here with the podcast especially, has been helpful for you because I do take a lot of time and effort to put them together and uh, I put them together for you. And I'm happy to do that. And I hope it was helpful. Take care and we'll talk soon.